The Ducks make two first-round picks in this season's NHL draft, and we'll also look at the draft as a whole on tonight's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And thanks to those of you that have reached out on email. I'm going to reach out to those of you that have emailed me. I will reach out to you tomorrow, I promise, once I have a little bit more time. But really, I just want to thank you all for your continued support. And once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the NHL draft that just concluded. As I'm recording this, the draft just concluded. And by the way, Brad Lambert going 30. We'll talk about that at the tail end of today's podcast. But let's talk about the not one, but two draft picks in the first round that the Anaheim Ducks had this season. And for the fourth year in a row, the Anaheim Ducks are in the top 10 in the draft. How did we get here? Well, the Ducks did not make the playoffs. They wound up with the 10th worst record in the league. They did not move up in the draft. They stayed at number 10. So they had a slew of guys to choose from, especially after we had some weirdness in the first few picks of the NHL draft. And you had some great wingers that were there for the taking. You had some good defensemen there for the taking as well. By the way, some names that the Ducks passed up on, there's some pretty good ones. Connor Geeky, he went. Frank Nazar, he went later. Jonathan Lekedimaki, he went later. But there was some weird picks before that too. I mean, Kevin Korchinski, he was expected to go 10th. He went 7th. So now if you're Pat Verbeek, you go, well, what do we do now? Jerichek is gone. korchinski has gone. What can the Ducks do? Should they go for this defenseman or should they go center? Well, they went defenseman and they went with Pavel Mintyakov, who is, by the way, born in Russia. As I've mentioned on the live show and also on Twitter, Pavel Mintyakov is the first Russian-born player that the Ducks selected in the first round since you got to go all the way back to 2001. Going way, way, way back here. 2001, Stanislav Chistov. That is the last time the Ducks selected in the top 10 or in the first round Someone born in Russia. In fact, Kristoff, I believe, went number five in the 2001 draft. That's how long it's been. And this is the only the second Russian-born player selected at all in the draft since 2009. So this really does kind of signal the end of the Bob Murray era. Because, remember, he was very hesitant in taking any Russian-born players at all. This tells me we're at a new chapter. We are in a new era of Ducks hockey. And you've got to be excited. A little bit more about Pavel Mintyakov. 
at number 10. He did play, let's be real here, in a terrible team from Saginaw. Saginaw was one of the worst teams in the queue this past season, which is just... It says a lot about the team, but it also says a lot about the player as well. And I misspoke, not the Q. Ha ha ha. Saginaw played in the O. And boy, were they bad. Saginaw was one of the worst teams in the league, and he carried that team. Absolutely carried that team as far as he could, but to no avail. And, you know, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. You're stuck on a poor team but you're easily the best player on that team. But looking at just some of the goals that he's made, look at some of the plays that he's made. He's one of the best defensemen, if not the best defenseman in this draft. Elite Prospects had him ranked number one, number one best offensive defenseman and number two as the best transition defenseman. Those are some pretty good rankings. If you're looking to really shore up that defense. Also, fourth best vision out of everyone in this season's NHL draft. And the best vision among defensemen. Hockey sense is way up there. Hockey IQ is way up there. The puck handling is way up there. He nearly averaged a point a game for the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL. He managed to get 17 goals this season. While he doesn't really shoot the puck a whole lot, he picks his moments. He will pick and choose his moments, but also make the accurate pass on special teams. We saw this in the power play a little bit later on in the season for the Saginaw Spirit. He's also a very durable defenseman. Durable in the sense that he gets a lot of playing time. He got among the most minutes for the Saginaw Spirit this past season. So he can be a huge minutes eater for the Ducks later on down the line. And those are the kind of defensemen that you want. If you can really build up his body even more than it already is. He is 6'1", 192. Does he need a little bit of development? Yeah, probably just another year of development. I would say another year possibly in Saginaw. But man... He's pretty much there. And if you're the Ducks, yeah, you should be really flipping excited. He is 18. He does turn 19 in November. So he does have another year of junior eligibility under his back pocket. He could be one of those players that, like Mason McTavish, stop me if you've heard this before. If you're in a bad team and you get traded midseason to a better team... That could make it to the OHL. Mm. Why does that stop him? Oh, that's right. We just had that happen with Mason McTavish. He was recently on a not-so-good Peterborough team. Got traded to Hamilton. Look what he did. Pavel Mendyakov. He's on a not-so-good Saginaw team. He could have another year of development and possibly get traded to a really good team next season. That's what could happen with Mendyakov as far as development is concerned. But a little bit more about his game. It's hard to pick apart his offensive game because he is one of the best offensive players and one of the most gifted offensive players in this season's draft. He ranked as high as number seven in the Elite Prospects Guide. Some draft mock drafts 
had him as high as, you ready for this? Number five. So why did I not cover him all that much? Because I didn't think he would drop that far. There was a couple guys that I didn't think was going to drop. Mintikov was one of those guys that I didn't think was going to drop. Same with uh, Frank Nazar III. I didn't think he was going to drop. And he went further than number 10. So I like the pick. I like Mintikov's pick. Very solid. Great passing skills. Great passing through traffic, might I add. One aspect of his game that I like is he makes the smart pass, but he knows when to thread the needle and make that pass, as I like to say, across the royal road. He will make that pass, folks. He will make that pass on the power play, and that's partially how he got 45 assists this past season, is that kind of passing skill. Once again, 62 points in 67 games with Saginaw pretty much led that team from the grave pretty much all season long. Well, we'll we'll see how he does next season. Can he make the Ducks outright? He could make the Ducks. He could have a similar trajectory as McTavish where he plays 9 games for the Ducks next season and then finishes off his year in juniors. We could see that same trajectory. There wouldn't be a bad trajectory at all. Uh, a couple more things about Mintikov that I like before we head to our first intermission. Um, I mentioned the fact that he is here in North America and he's a Russian-born kid. He's got the swag too. Did you catch that during one of the videos, he put his hat on backwards, so he's kind of got that swag game going for him. Very, very likable already. I already love this kid so much. The fact that he went into you know, went into the room where we had the pictures and he kind of looked like, oh, this is my draft hat. Can, can, can I wear it backwards? Can I do that? Heck yeah. Love it already. Love that from Minty. Already has that nickname, Minty. I think everyone's going to call him that. You could have so much fun with that nickname. But um, the hockey IQ. I do want to talk about the hockey IQ for a minute. When I look at some of the plays that he does on the power play, he's not afraid to press too much. And he's also not afraid to kind of loop around the ice once or twice. And he has done that a couple of times where he will bring the puck in, have an easy entry. And once he sees that there is room on the ice, he will hold the puck and kind of skate across the blue line to make some room and create space for himself and then switch off with the other defenseman. So he can go on his offside as well. He does well on the offside. So while he does have great hands and great puck handling, it makes me happy that he can go on the left side when need be. I mean, he is a right defenseman, but when he switches off like that, he tends to make good passes on that left side as well. And he'll make the cross ice pass from there and kind of confuse the defense. So it's really just, it's it's smarts. It's hockey IQ that you really just love to watch. And I, I confuse myself. He's a left-handed. He's a left-handed. He can go right-handed is what I really meant to say. My, my bad on that. Yeah, he's comfortable on both sides. I think that's why I confuse it because there were some clips I saw where he went to the left side and he looked just as natural there too. I think that's what it really was. All right, 
Uh, one more thing about his hockey IQ that I really like is I mentioned he will go around. He'll even go behind the net and keep the puck and carry it for about 20 seconds before something finally opens up. So you got to love that about him. Really exciting, dynamic defenseman. I can't wait to see him in rookie camp. And once I see more film on him, I'll get a better read and probably have a whole show devoted just to Mintyakov later on this summer. All right, now we're going to head into the first intermission. Sorry about that little mistake. Like, yeah, I heard myself. I said, right, like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, he plays a left-handed defense. Well, he is a left-handed defenseman, you idiot. (laughs) Uh, But seeing him play on the right side, too. I mean, come on. Come on, man. All right. First intermission. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. And by the way, if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, they're amazing. Uh, I have the birthday cake Built Puff right here. It is freaking amazing. And also, I have this great drink here called Built Boost, which is a drink enhancer. This is the fruit flavored one. I think this is the berry one. This one is amazing. So definitely check out all the Built products. You have your Built Puffs, Built Go, Built Boost, and the original Built Bar. Terrific flavors out there. You have over 18 fantastic flavors covered in a chocolate fondue. Only about 130 to 150 calories. Only a few grams of sugar, about 5 on average. And packed with at least 17 grams of protein. So they are good for you. They are tasty. They taste like a candy bar. If you want to try for yourself, head over to Built.com right now. And use promo code LOCKED15. To get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Alright, that went a little bit longer than I thought. So, I do want to talk about the Ducks' other draft pick. And this was the 22nd pick. Now, this one was kind of a weird pick because... There was one guy that a lot of Ducks fans were kind of hoping for. It's a high-risk, high-reward pick at 22. And I saw a lot of Duck fans wanted to go after Lambert. Brad Lambert, if you recall last season, Brad Lambert was looked at as being a possible top five pick. In fact, last season, Brad Lambert was looked at as being a number two pick. With Shane Wright, of course, being number one. That's what we thought. So the thought of Brad Lambert had some Ducks fans salivating. Lambert was a name that was up there. So was Philip Mizar. So was Danila Yurov. But the Ducks decided to go center here. They did not go for a wing with that number 22 pick. They went center and from the Quebec League, and this was the first pick from the queue from the ramparts Nathan Gauthier Ooh, this this was an interesting pick and as soon as I heard that name I went "Ooh, I like him I thought he might go second round I thought he would fall into the 30s but he goes 22 and the Ducks really don't have a whole lot of a reach there because there were some mocks that had him as high as 23 I know that Elite Prospects had him at 25. Bob McKenzie had him at 28. And, you know, others had him at 31, 32. 
The only one that got it right was Sportsnet. They had him at 22, and that's exactly where he went. 18-year-old right-handed shooter from Longueuil, Quebec, Canada. He played for the Remparts this past season. Another guy that actually went to a pretty good team and really led that Quebec team in the queue and almost led them to the Quebec League final. A little bit more about him. And this is someone that I watched a little bit more in the playoffs. I'll admit I didn't watch in the regular season. But I tried to watch more junior playoffs this season. And this was someone that kind of piqued my curiosity. Because I ended up watching his his game-winning goal. His stellar game against Chikudemi back in the first round. It was a three-game sweep against Chikudemi. A three-point performance, one goal, two assists. Then they went and beat Ramuski in four games. He was good in that series. They eventually lost in five games to the eventual champion, Shawinigan Cataracts. Yeah, Shawinigan, the same team that went to the Memorial Cup, eventually fell in five games to them. And there were some hard-fought losses there too because one of them, actually two of them, were in overtime. But Gauthier was part of that great team Nine points in the playoffs in 12 games. During the regular season, 57 points in 66 games. Last season, in 30 games, he scored 31 points. So he's about a point per game kind of guy. And really kind of got more physical this past season. That's the one big change from 21 to 22. He got a little bit of muscle. He gained a few pounds. In 2021, he was listed at being about 6'2", about a buck nine. Like, he was a little bit smaller. Now he is 6'3", 207. Big body player. He is fierce. He's a nasty player. He will get into the front of the goalie and piss him off. Yeah, I said it. He will piss off opposing goalies left and right, and you love to see it. You love to see that kind of gritty, tenacious player come on the Ducks. Now, I just did a live show with, you know, guys from Locked On Islanders and Locked On Sens, and you know what they, you know what one of them said? Kind of compared him a little bit to a McTavish in a way. Comparing him to McTavish in the sense that both those guys like to get in front of the net. Both those guys like to piss off opposing goalies. Both those guys set up terrific screens in front of the goalie to create goals, to create offense, to create havoc in the crease. I I love those kind of guys. I love those guys that get into the dirty areas that like to kind of just not irritate, but be that guy that will mix it up in there and create offense and create good opportunities for your team. A very, very team-oriented player. And from multiple reports, he's one of those really good guys in the locker room. Someone that you would love to have in the locker room. Didn't get talked about a whole lot, but once I read that, I kind of thought to myself, I, I, I love that. I love having those kind of guys that can bring a good attitude and bring a good just kind of energy to the locker room. You love those kind of guys. So for the Ducks to pick him up at 22, not too much of a reach, not too much of a stretch. And I think the scouting guys 
did a good job on here because they saw something in him that they really liked. And he does, once again, have another year eligible in juniors and will likely play another year in juniors. He has one year left. He is 18. He turns 19 in November. Hmm. So, again, another, not another young guy, but a guy that's already got an NHL-ready body. Someone else that could be ready for the NHL sooner rather than later. And you know what? If you can have that kind of three-headed monster down the middle, we're talking three, four years from now. A three-headed monster of Zegris, McTavish, Gauthier. That's pretty good. And for that to be the 22nd pick to have a solid possible third line or fourth line center, you you take that every day, right? If you can have someone that can be a quality depth player on your team, you take that every day, right? Yeah, absolutely you take that every day. The, The tenacity is there. The nastiness is there. I love it. I love this pick a whole lot. And I did talk about him a little bit on the live show. You can catch that here on YouTube. I had a reaction video for both Mintyakov and also a reaction video for, as I mentioned, the big-bodied player in Gauthier. So you can check those out on the YouTube channel as well. But I'll have much more on Gauthier. I'll, I'll give him his own show as well later on down the line. All right, we're going to take a brief timeout, but first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Whether you drive a Chevy, a Ford, a Toyota, Rock Auto has the parts for you. Speaking for myself, I bought some wipers from them. They work perfectly. I drive a Prius. I'll just say right now, yeah, Prius. But hey, you know what? With expensive gas, pretty good to drive a Prius right now, right? Yeah. But I bought some wipers from them. They work perfectly. Why spend full price at a big box store which might not even have your part available when you can go to rockauto.com and spend less than half the price? So go to rockauto.com right now and in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. All right, we're going to take a brief time out while... I get some built in me and take off this jacket because it is freaking hot and we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. As you can see, my Twitter handle is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And, you know, I had to I had to have this set up here. I had to put the Ducks jersey, the, the current Ducks jersey, and my nice little NHL jersey. So for those of you on YouTube, you might notice a theme especially next season once I continue building my jersey collection, you might see a different set of jerseys. So, yeah, hopefully you guys like the jersey collection. Maybe there's some jersey heads out there that say, hey, I like that one a lot. So kind of feeding into the NHL aspect a little bit today. All right, let's talk about the draft as a whole. I talked about the two Ducks picks, but I want to talk about the draft as a whole because it was BS crazy from the start. 
there were some rumors that Shane Wright was not going to go first in this year's draft. And that's exactly what happened. Shane did not go first. Who went first? Juraj Slavkovsky from Finland. There were rumors that he might go number one. And a terrific left winger. He is NHL ready, possibly right now. So everyone's saying, oh, pain for shade. Yeah, he didn't go number one. Montreal decided they like Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky rather, a lot more. He has what some consider a higher ceiling and that he has great speed. He's an exceptional player. So Montreal liked him. So then you thought, okay, so Shane Wright's going to go number two, right? That's what New Jersey's probably going to go with, right? <laughs> Wrong! New Jersey went with Simon Nemec. Woo! Okay. So New Jersey went defense on number two. The Slovakian went number two. How do you like that? Slavkovsky won Nemec two. All right, so surely Shane Wright is going to go number three, right? Arizona did all this work. They tanked as hard as they did, wound up losing the lottery anyway, and they're still going to somehow end up with Shane Wright? Could that possibly happen? Wait, no? You mean they got Logan Cooley number three? <laughs> Logan Cooley went number three to the Arizona Coyotes after all. He was projected to go number three in a lot of mock drafts, but I don't think it was expected to go that way. They really liked Logan a lot. They interviewed him and the Coyotes just fell in love with the kid. And how can you not? Logan Cooley, one of the best shots in this season's draft. You can't go wrong with that pick. So now the question was, well, geez, what red flags are there? Where could Shane Wright possibly go? Well, Duck fans... You might get the first chance to see Shane Wright in person because he is going to the Seattle Kraken at number four. So Shane Wright, after all of that, slid to number four, which begs the question, why did he slip that far? Maybe because of the COVID season, because he didn't play as many games, because he was a little bit underwhelming this past season. But number four, I did not see that coming. And by the way, Duck fans, the Seattle Kraken opened the season in Anaheim against the Ducks. So Duck fans might get a chance, or will likely get a chance, to watch the first career game of Shane Wright for the Seattle Kraken. So he fell to number four. I still cannot believe that. Then Gautier went five. Giracek went six. Korczynski went seven. He went to the Blackhawks. Now, now, wait a minute. The Blackhawks drafted seven? How did that happen? Well, folks, <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks made a couple of trades today that left a lot of fans scratching their head. And at first I said, oh, this might be good for both sides. I mean, there was a clear winner, but this might be okay for both sides. Then I read the rest of it. I thought there might be a prospect in there. Nope. Just draft picks. And the Blackhawks gave up Alex Debrinkit. That's all it took to get Alex Debrinkit, a 40 goal goal scorer from the Blackhawks. That's all it took. Ugh. 
So maybe the Ducks could have offered maybe the 10th and 22nd to get a bona fide 40 goal scorer. Ah, that might sting a little bit, but that's how Chicago ended up with Kevin Korczynski with that seventh pick. But the Blackhawks weren't done. They made some other trades as well, which just, it's, it's astounding. It's astounding the trades they made. It's astounding the picks they got. They got Renzel on defense. I mean, they, they did well in the draft. All told, they did well. They also did get Frank Nazar, Nazar the third. Whew. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Uh, but rounding out the top 10, Marco Casper went eighth after all. So there went that dream, possibly getting Casper. So then you had Matthew Savoy. He went ninth. Mintikov went 10th. Names that went past up. Connor Geeky, he went 11th. Nazar went 13th. Lakedi Maki, he dropped to 15th. That's a big drop for him. Ostland, Noah Ostland went 16th. Joachim Kamel, who many thought would go 8 or 9, he dropped all the way to 17th. He winds up in Nashville. That's a good pick for Nashville. And, and the pick before the Ducks, Owen Pickering went 21st to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So if you want to check out all the picks, you could check all that out on Locked On NHL. They'll have a complete breakdown of all the picks. Yeah, this was a crazy, crazy draft. I still can't believe everything that Chicago did. Giving up Alex DeBrinkett was just nutty. Nutty is the best way to put it. For all of that. And speaking of other trades, there were some other trades that went down that I thought, well, there goes that, right? The Coyotes, they traded with Edmonton. The Coyotes got Zach Cassian. The Chicago Blackhawks, they got that Sam Renzel pick. They got the number 25 pick. They also got Peter Mrazik. Although, if you ask the commissioner, Gary Bettman, he pronounces his name completely differently. Arizona, they got Connor Geeky. They acquired that number 11 pick. San Jose, they got the number 27 pick. They also got a couple of picks from Arizona as well. The Blackhawks, they gave up Kirby Dock for a first and a third round pick. What is Chicago doing? Are they completely blowing everything up? You know what? It'll be fun to see the Ducks have revenge and beat up on Chicago 8-2. to It'll be fun to have that game. So, yeah. Chicago giving up those players. Man, what, what could have been? The Ducks could have gotten to bring it for possibly a couple of draft picks. I'll ask you, the fans. Would you have made that trade? If you could get Alex to bring it for both first-round picks, would you make that trade? Let me know. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. You could find me on the YouTubes. You could find this show across all platforms. It is free and available on all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. On Twitter, I'm at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Tomorrow, we will break down all the picks in day two. 
round two, rounds two through seven. We'll talk about all those picks. We'll have a guest on tomorrow's show, hopefully. Hopefully, we do have a guest. I did talk to him. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast. So do check that out. From all of us at the Locked On Network, I want to thank you for your continued support. Thanks for supporting Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Thanks for making that your first listen. Make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great evening. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.